Welcome to the DGD Podcast, the Georgia Bulldogs podcast for dogs. From the gun again on first down, fires wide, Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs! Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, this is your host, Robert Reynolds. A little bit later for the live stream part of things, but guys, I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot to talk about, and none other than Jake Crane, a.k.a. J-Boy, is coming on to talk about it with me. Jake, welcome back on the show, man. Robert, what's up, man? I appreciate you having me back on, and uh, a lot of stuff going on, my friend. Hey, you are not wrong there, and it's always a pleasure to have the verified now uh, man that they call J-Boy on the show. So I know, obviously, looking at the past few days, uh, really since media days, really SEC media days, uh, you know, the college football world is revolving around uh, A&M or not A&M, but uh, Texas and Oklahoma, uh, you know, dropping out of the Big 12 and joining the SEC. And, you know, you were at media day. So my first question for you right off the bat, what was the environment like when the news dropped in Hoover? Man, uh, you know, it was funny. We were right there on Radio Row, and Greg Sankey was walking up and down. And, you know, I was in the middle of an interview, but, but you could feel like something was happening. And all of a sudden, you just see Greg Sankey get swamped by all of these reporters. Instantly look at the phone, and you say, Texas and Oklahoma is announced. You know, it's reached out to the SEC, and it's just like, you know. For, at first, you're like, okay, let me make sure this is real. Then you look and you're like, wow, this is real. Then the reaction is real to it. Uh, and it was madness. I mean, it was, you know, that it hijacked the whole media day, which I think was the intent. Uh, but when you look at it, that's a seismic shift, not only for the SEC, but the precedent it's setting everywhere else. Because, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And I'm very interested to see the reaction from other conferences outside uh, including the the former the artist formerly known as the Big 12, I guess you could say, and then the Pac-12, Big 10, ACC, and what happens to Notre Dame. So there's a bunch of implications just from that story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I figured, you know, you being in Hoover, it was going to be a chaotic scene because, kind of similar to your point, I was on my phone and I saw it pop up on Bleacher Report. So I knew at some point this had to be something real, but it, it really made me question. How is this even possible? Why would they do this? You know, and then you hear it, you know, come through SEC Network, and and it's really a lot of fire to it. There's not even smoke. It's fire. Uh, Obviously, you know, we uh, had Chris Burnett on uh, the next day, that Friday, and he, me and him were both in agreement that this has to be the the biggest kept secret in in really sports history almost because the the Big 12 – with with them with Texas and Oklahoma not renewing their media rights is basically the death blow to the Big Twelve. Yeah. Uh, you know now you're looking at you know the questions arising is what happens with the Big Twelve? Uh, could you see the America or the AAC? Right? The AAC may now be a Power Five conference, uh, and which is not even six months ago is an asinine statement to make, <laughs> but now it's looking more and more realistic by the by the minute, really. Yeah, without a doubt. And look, Mike Arasco is one of the best commissioners in the country over there. I mean, he's done a hell of a job since he's gone over there. And look, if you're the AAC, look, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, and, and I think they're going to go and try and poke some of these schools. You know, I've uh, broken some news that we've been told that it was likely that there would be a Big 12-Pac-12 merger and that not everybody would go. 
Uh, I was told, watch out for Kansas and Texas Tech not going. Watch out for West Virginia not going as well. And what would be a great landing spot for them? Well, the AAC makes a lot of sense. I mean, you look, you got Houston. You got SMU. You got Memphis. You, you got people and places that are in the middle of the country. So the travel's not going to be crazy. Uh, so, so I'd watch out for that. But, yeah, uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And I think Mike Carrasco may end up finding some treasure before it's said and done. Yeah, looking at looking at the situation of the AAC, I don't, you know, a lot of people would just, you know, from a casual standpoint, look at the the main conferences. You have your ACC, ACC, right? Pac twelve, Big Ten, Big Twelve. What typically was the Big Twelve, I guess. But the AAC for the for the diehards out there, they understand what the AAC is, and I look at it, two reasons why I think this could be an actual thing in regards to the AAC uh, swallowing up some teams from the Big Twelve. One. Lots of media markets there. Like you said, Cincinnati, Dallas, Houston, huge markets. That's one reason why I think the AAC has some really some uh, firm footing here uh, with a potential acquisition of some teams from the Big 12. And two, their quality is better. Their quality of football, at least from a football standpoint, is better than what the Big 12 is right now. Because with, with, when you lose Texas and really Oklahoma for, from a football standpoint – you know, first your revenue is just gone, but two, the quality and and product that the Big Twelve puts out without Texas and Oklahoma is meager, in my opinion, to the point where the AAC looks superior. Uh, you know, so you know, leading up to this, you know, there's obviously going to be speculation, and you know, Big Twelve is going to try to fight this tooth and nail to stay, you know, stay afloat. But it, it, to me, it's almost inevitable that the Big Twelve is either going to get, you know, acquired by another conference or just completely obliterated and, and other schools are going to go elsewhere. You know, I wanted to hear your thoughts though. Uh, if you had to make, if you had to make a guess as it stands right now, what's the most likely scenario for the remaining teams uh, in the, in the big 12? Well, you know, uh, if there's a merger, they're not going to take everybody. I mean, you're not going to have a, you know, 2014 conference, at least not yet uh, with whoever they decide to merge with. But no, I mean, it's, it's, you know, looking back at conferences like the AAC, uh, there's going to be some schools that get poached. I mean, you look, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, you know, just broke off. I just had Doug Gottlieb on. Uh, we're dropping that one soon to talk about the basketball angle of this. And he called Oklahoma the Benedict Arnold of uh, college athletics for what they're doing to Oklahoma State. So, I mean, you, you look at schools like that. Uh, you look at schools like Kansas and Kansas State. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. And, again, you know, projecting it is one thing uh, in, in this crazy landscape. But what I'm interested to see is if we end up having, instead of a power five, maybe even a power four, if the AAC is able to juice up their conference with some guys and add to that number of teams. Uh, and now you're looking at, you know, some version of the SEC, the Big 12 and Pac-12 merging. I guess you could call it the Back 12 I just made it up off the top of my head. Uh, the ACC and Big 10 maybe getting together and adding Notre Dame. So, look, it's anybody's guess right now, but – I don't think if there is a merger with the Big 12 that all these teams are going to go. I don't think it's going to be superfluous like that. Oh No, I, I'm, I'm in agreement here. I, th I think there's so many questions right now. I, I know I kind of threw you on the spot with this, you know, with this take, but I look at it this right here. I think it's almost inevitable that we're starting to see the merger or the formation of super conferences. And, you know, that's a hot topic right now. And you know, you're hearing a lot of feedback uh, on both sides of the story here uh, in regards to the topic. You know, you look at it. And really, the SEC, from a football standpoint, I think everybody knows now that you know college football is the driver for these programs. So the SEC and Greg Sankey is really just a big shark swimming in a pool of 
a catfish, if you really want to say, because the Big 12 is, is just sitting there and the SEC just took their life away. Uh, you know, and really it's forcing the hand of the NCAA, which I think, you know, their last straw in regards to the, you know, to what the, or the threat, I should say, the threat of amateurism when NIL came, that went away. So there's, I mean, there is this theory that the SEC could form, you know, a super conference with a bunch of other teams and other conferences yep. and push away from the NCAA is what we know it. So there, there's so many theories and, and really, just hot takes right now because no one knows what's going on except for, you know, they formal, you know, they formally uh, requested to be members of the SEC. Uh, today, I think they're supposed the schools are supposed to vote on this. Uh, we were talking offline. I, it's unanimous in my opinion, uh, you know, which was kind of in contrast to, you know, just a few days ago, the speculation was the A&M <laughs> and Missouri uh, would say, no, it will be a hard no. Uh, you know, it, which brought up some questions there, but you know, you hear just last night, uh, A&M says yes to bring in uh, Texas and Oklahoma in. So right now it looks like it's a done deal. Um, So for people that aren't aware of this right now, the, the the Patrick stars uh, in the college football world, you know, basically let's break this down. 2025 media rights for the sec are over in regards to Texas and Oklahoma. Let's be honest here. They're not waiting until 2025 to get out of the Big 12. It, it's moving too fast. You know, so do you think that with how fast things are going, do you think it could be sooner? And if so, how soon do you think this could uh, take place? Well, you know, we, we interviewed Brent Zwerdeman, uh, the guy who broke the story actually at Media Day from the Chronicle the other day. I really uh, – everybody should check that out. I, I know that's a shameless plug, but he was fantastic and really yeah. talked about it. It's, it's an amazing coincidence. People will say it's a conspiracy theory when it broke. But if you were at Hoover and realized how bad the Wi-Fi was, uh, that wasn't a conspiracy. That, that was I saw that there. But looking at, at the, the time, all right, and again, you, there's precedent for this. You, you, you've got to look back at A&M and Missouri. A&M and Missouri were supposed to stay in the Big 12. I can't remember the exact, maybe an extra year or a year or two. And the Big 12 said, no, we don't want a lame duck team in our conference. Uh, y'all can go ahead and get out. So I think you'll see Oklahoma and Texas – playing in the SEC next fall, not 2023, but 2022. And if you look, the end of 2023 is, I believe, when the CBS contract ends with the SEC. And they're not going to renew that thing. The Longhorn Network is going to be no more. It's going to be up under the SEC network. They're going to juice up the SEC alternate channel. They're going to have independent team channels. Hell, they may even have independent player channels. So this is happening fast. And look, about the vote, if you're Texas A&M or, or Missouri, here's, here's what you got to look at. Even if you get two no votes, it still doesn't matter. They're going to get in. So why would you make it look like you just didn't want them in and didn't want to play them this and the other? You might as well just let them in. And I think that's what you saw. But no, listen, they don't leave these things up to chance. This isn't some, all right, guys, we're just going to see how you vote. They knew the answer to this before they got into that meeting, before they even released this news. Uh, they don't make these decisions uh, as, as uh, you know, kind of spontaneously as, as one would think. I mean, these decisions were made a while ago. Yeah, these these decisions, guys, they're very meticulous and calculated well in advance, as you can tell. These There were reports that talks had been going on for six months or more uh, before this news broke. Like I said, that's why it was such a big secret. Uh, you know, the fact that you said next fall really intrigues me, though. 
Uh, not to say that I, I, I could definitely see this because let's be honest, money's not going to be a factor for Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12. When yeah. you look at the potential revenue opportunities that they're going to come into the SEC, uh, you know, and they're going to make that return on investment relatively quickly. So there's, you know, the boosters understand it. The presidents know there's no reason for them not to buy out. Yeah, you know, I the mean, they, they wouldn't make this contract. if they're losing money. Like this, you know, a seventy million dollar check to the Big Twelve—that's nothing compared to the money they're going to make from the SEC network and and uh, the different markets and and just I I promise you, Robert, trust me on this. You know, the SEC signed a, the network Disney signed a seven billion dollar deal, right? Seven billion dollars. I bet adding Texas, Oklahoma, uh, the next one will be fourteen. It'll be four. They'll double it. It'll be fourteen billion. Just watch. When you when you look at the football programs, and we can dig into this more. You know, looking at Oklahoma, I love what Oklahoma brings, not only from a football standpoint, but you have to understand the gymnastics, the softball programs, yep. like these other non you know non major revenue driving sports. Oklahoma is an, an elite talent, you know, in regards to that program for multiple sports. So it's making the SEC deeper in several different in, in several different sports. Uh, but obviously, you know, football related. You know, look, Texas has the the most money around. They're the biggest brand in college football. The SEC would be ridiculous not to sit there and take them in because if you say no and you let, I don't know, the Big Ten take them, that makes you look like a complete bunch of jackasses. So you you kind of forced into this situation where, of course, we're going to take them because we're just becoming that much better. Hey, look, there's a saying in the SEC, it just means more. And I think we're seeing that now with Texas and Oklahoma reaching out to the SEC to come in. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're the SEC, it's a no-brainer. I mean, oh, you already were in there in Texas with A&M. Now you get all of Texas. Not only, like you said, do you get the markets, you get the brand equity. You look at Oklahoma. They got money in Oklahoma. There's a lot of oil in Oklahoma, too. A T. Boone Pickens yeah. is not a poor man, if you look at what Oklahoma State has done and around there. So, you know, from a money factor, the rich get richer, richer. From a market factor, you're in the even more markets, uh, kind of surrounding the Midwest now a little bit. Uh, so it's a no-brainer. And look, if you're Greg Sankey, you've already got the nicest transformer. Why not strap two more nice rocket launchers to it? And you got two of the best in Texas and Oklahoma. And not not from an on-the-field standpoint right now with Texas, I think Oklahoma will be fine. I think Oklahoma will be kind of be like A&M when they came in. They'll be able to score points. Uh, but you've got to stop people in this league. And not only do you have to be able to stop people, you have to have depth on defense. Because I always laughed, like, oh, well, Oklahoma beat Florida in the bowl game when Florida had eight guys opting out in a bowl game that, not saying every game doesn't matter, but one game does not make a season. You have to look at going through the gauntlet of the SEC. It's, okay, well, you want to say that? Here's Kentucky, here's LSU, here's Arkansas, here's Bama, here's a and Oh, and oh, by the way, they're all back-to-back. So yeah, no. you're not – you're not, and no offense to, to some of the schools in the Big 12, it's not a walk in the park over here. I don't think you could say that it ever is, really. I, one of the big talks, one of my questions here, and I love bringing these, you know, these arguments and, and really debates here, uh, discussions, whatever you want to call it. You know, what the conference is going to look like with, a, you know, upon their entry. You know, you've, I've heard pods being thrown out there, which at first it really didn't set royal with me. I felt like it was too NFL-esque for me. Uh, looking at, you know, looking from a fan standpoint, though, doing some research on what the pods mean and how they play out, I really like that idea. You know, do you see it being a pod situation or do you see them just making a huge eight or eight-team uh, division uh, and do some conference realignment there? What do, you, what, do, what do you think it would be? 
Well, I don't, I don't like divisions. I haven't liked them since we've had them. I mean, you shouldn't have to wait seven years to play somebody. Um, but when I look at the pods, I just think they're doing too much. Like, like look at the SEC in, in basketball. It's just straight down. Here we go. You can have your three mainstays, like you would in pods. Like, I get that. You yeah. can have your three mainstays, but you don't need to put them in pods. Like, example for Auburn. I mean, it'd be Bama, you know, I guess, ten, or Bama, uh, you know, Mississippi State. Uh, and Tennessee or somebody like that. And, and then yeah. you play, you rotate it, and you within four years, you can play everybody everywhere. Isn't that the whole goal of the schedule? Isn't that the whole goal of schedule makers? Because it'll never be fair because it's not even. Every team's not the same. It's all circumstantial. But putting them in pods to me just is a waste of time. Just keep it straight up like they do in college basketball in the SEC. You have your three mainstays. Rotate with everybody else. You're even. You play a nine-game conference schedule because when you add teams, you have to add games. So you're adding two teams, so you add a game. Not ten, nine-game conference schedule. That way we can at least save some of these uh, you know, preseason matchups with these out-of-conference teams. So that's the way I look at it. I like where you're going with that because, you know, you look at the pods, you know, I understand the situation and the play out, I think, is more realistic to me. The divisions, you know, I, I think it's time for a realignment anyway. I was a, I was kind of a questionable, you know, I was a skeptic here uh, when A&M and Missouri joined. I, I didn't understand why they didn't just jump into the west and move Auburn to the east. I was always, you know, I always thought that Auburn should have been in the east. But, uh, you know, especially when they came in in 2012. However, you know, looking at what the situation is here, you know, I, I think the SEC is value. You know, they value traditions. You look at the Iron Bowl. You look at LSU, Florida, which is becoming a really good rivalry over the years. Uh, Georgia, Auburn. You have to keep. You know, you have to keep that intact. There's a lot of these. You know, a lot of these games that you know these permanent crossovers crossovers have created these uh, mainstay rivalry games within the SEC. Like you said, to your point, that the three mainstays you could sit there and you know for LSU, for Alabama. You have LSU, you have, you know, you have your Auburn for the uh, kick set, or, and then you could do Tennessee if you really chose to. Uh, I just don't like that one specifically, but you get what I mean. You can put your three mainstays. I, I think. Yeah, I think to me, look, I, I'd have to look at it. I think, you know, I mean, it'd probably be the teams you played the most. And, I mean, if you're Auburn, you know, unfortunately, I guess that's Alabama and Georgia and then probably Mississippi State. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, like you also mentioned here, you know, Keeping a division isn't going to be <clears throat> realistic in a sense because, you know, you look at the SEC and it's just it's just so much of a power gap. You know, you look at the West historically with LSU and Bama and Auburn, right? When they're on, when they're on, they're on. And you yeah. look back in the early 2010s, uh, late 2000s to really understand what I mean by this because back then you had, you know, 2011 alone, you had the two national title game contenders right there. You know, so you had that right there. Auburn was, you know, back in 2013 with Dick Marshall when they won, you know, when they had their miraculous season. It was just so much power. But, you know, you look at the East and it's just weak. So, you know, finding a way to kind of have this parity, if if you can try to find it, I think is going to be beneficial for not only for the fans, but for creating a a week in, week out uh, style of must-see games. Because there's so many good teams in the SEC right now. There's no question you can sit there every single week, schedule two games that are really must-see TV now, uh, whereas in the past you may have two on one week and then go a week where, you know, it's a cupcake week, right? That takes away that cupcake game, so you're going to see good games week in, week out. And, and that's my hope from a college a fan's perspective because I want to see good football every week. And I think if you do it right, it can happen. 
No, but without a doubt, I agree with you. I mean, from a fan experience standpoint, I mean, adding that game and then adding these teams, you're automatically adding more elite matchups. And, you know, as a consumer of the product, you want to see the best games with the best teams. And you're going to get that on a more regular and consistent basis. Uh, you know, from the coaching standpoint, it doesn't make it a whole lot easier. But again, you know, when you're not getting paid to, to win as, as somebody that's watching it, uh, you enjoy it. And now, you know, it's going to come down to any, just like everything, just like it always is, who has the most depth, which means who's recruited not only the, the best, but the most efficiently, uh, especially up front on the offensive and defensive line. So, no, the matchups are going to be fantastic, my friend. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it right here. Yeah, I want to hear your I want to hear your take here. Uh, obviously, with the potential matchups that we can see uh, on a weekend weekend basis or weekend week out basis, I should say. Sorry, give me your top three matchups that you can't wait to see uh, with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, so I can't say Texas versus Oklahoma. Huh? I mean, you can. I mean, well, I, I mean, I, obviously, I, it's all no SEC. Fun. But. That's no fun. <laughs> um, Alabama, Oklahoma. I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. I would say Texas, Texas A&M, obviously. That's so historic. So historic of a rivalry. And, you know, give me Arkansas and Texas. And they played this year week two. I just like the style. I like that game. I don't know why. They hate, I, no I don't care what anybody says. They hate each other, and that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Like, even if they're pro- – like, sometimes, like, obviously people think – you know, Arkansas's down, which they may, even though I think they're – I'm a little bit higher on them. Pittman's look, getting them better. He's getting them better. Oh, absolutely. But, look, Arkansas, Texas, I don't care what anybody says. They hate each other. If you talk to anybody around that area, they hate each other. So, I could see all three of those games being, you know, a yearly – if that's a yearly thing, there's – an SEC fan would go watch those games. Like, I would oh, yeah. watch, oh, I would watch yeah. Arkansas, Texas. I think if I had to choose, though, I want to hear what you think about these. I'd like to see Georgia, Texas on a yearly basis. I would love to see that. Uh, you know, I, I would like to say Oklahoma, but look, my bias here, I, I heard so many Texas fans try to give Georgia shit about the bowl game when obviously it didn't really matter to us. We finished top five and they won. Uh, they haven't been back since, you know, but regardless, uh, you know, I would like to see Texas and Georgia. I mean, if I had my way, I would go to Austin and go visit the, the stadium there. I, I think that'd be an awesome experience. I would like to see uh, Oklahoma and Alabama, as you said, and then look at Texas. Tell me why, for some reason, like a I don't know, like a Auburn Texas would be interesting. Like, oh yeah, I think, I think I think Auburn and Texas would be actually a really good matchup, almost even in my opinion. Well, you know, they play when my dad was playing at Auburn. They played Texas. You know, it's uh, it's not like they haven't played before, and, and there's not a bad uh, you know, rivalry. There's not really bad blood because they haven't played enough. But no, that, that's what you get. I mean, you're gonna get Kentucky versus Texas. I mean, yeah. not all these matchups are. Are interesting, man. I might so, sound no, crazy for this, but yeah. we're both high on Kentucky. I think Kentucky could really give them fits. I, let's be honest here. I think Kentucky could give Texas fits right now as it stands. I, I seriously think they may not win, but they're going to kick Texas up in the ass and tell them to, hey, step your game up. This I, is I, went, I went sleep on Stoops. I mean, that roster may be better than Texas. Hey, look, I, I got I got so much feedback from this. And we've been on the same on the same boat, man. Kentucky finished in second. We were both on board. Like I said, Florida fans despise that take, but I don't really give a shit. I, look, I, I just think that they lost too much, but it's still Florida, so you have to give them some credit there. But, you know, about that, you know, I think there's so much potential for what's going on. You know, obviously this is a Georgia podcast. Look, Georgia's ready for whatever you throw at us. And, you know, if you're a Georgia fan listening to this, I look at it this way. There's no reason to sit here and not say, you know, 
I don't, we don't want them in here. One, you're about to see an uptick in competition. You're about to see better games week in and week out. It just means, it just means more. Yeah. So. No, for sure, man. But no, I, uh, it's like I said, you were there with me, you know, me and you had, had that take that, uh, that, that Kentucky was going to finish second. We're going to see how it goes. And, uh, like I said, man, I just, uh, I appreciate you having me on. Hey, look, man, I'm glad you were able to hop on and, it's always fun to talk SEC. I know typically, look, I've said it's a Georgia podcast. I do dive around the SEC. What better source to talk anything SEC than Jake Crane? Hey, before you leave, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, guys, look, J-Boy Show, if you've never heard of this, I'm vouching for this. One of the best podcasts, one of the best shows I've seen in what feels like forever. You do yourself a favor and go find this man. But tell them where you can, where they can find you. Well, Robert, I, I really appreciate that, man. You're doing a heck of a job. It gets better every time I get on here. And, yeah, you can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at the J-Boy Show. Probably got a pretty big announcement coming um, that may uh, – the location won't change. Uh, some other things may change. That's a little hint there. But we're on Twitter and Instagram at the J-Boy Show, T-H-E-J-B-O-Y-S-H-O-W. Talking all SEC. Uh, got some great guests on, and we're uh, all ball, no politics. And, Robert, I appreciate it, buddy. Keep doing it. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on. And, hey, I'm glad you're verified and you're back on your main account. That's the key. Hey, no, I, I appreciate it, man. Me too. I, after the, the, I thought I was going to have to call Liam Neeson if, it, if I was uh, hacked out of Twitter a couple more days. I'd be scared. Yeah. Sort of fix that. Put some set of skills. But, all right, my friend. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. Anytime. All right, guys, that is all we have for today. Uh, we'll hop on for a second and talk a little bit about uh, some of the things uh, for, you know, some of the comments here. Uh, the Fan Attic uh, asked what happens to the Longhorn Network. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. Um, basically, the Longhorn Network is ran through ESPN. Uh, therefore, there's nothing that there's to worry about it. Uh, it'll get swallowed in with the SEC Network. Um, other than that, though, guys, stay tuned in tomorrow. Uh, got B Dot coming on. Uh, we're going to talk North Carolina. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting to see uh, and hear what he has to say about that. Uh, but on that note, though, guys, I hope everybody has a great rest of their day and go dogs.